Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and I'm back with a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. If you can believe it, this is my 99th episode. So I want to quickly make sure to tell you all that I'll be hosting a big celebration next week to celebrate my 100th episode. You won't want to miss it. And for today, I'm just thrilled to be in my studio with one of my favorite guests, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen is a 12-time New York Times best-selling author, double board-certified psychiatrist, physician, and the founder and CEO of Amen Clinics. You all got to know Dr. Amen on episode 53 when we talked about having a healthy brain and living a long, fulfilled life. This episode got such incredible feedback from all of you. So today, I'm bringing him back to discuss his phenomenal new book, You Happier, The Seven Neuroscience Secrets of Feeling Good Based on Your Brain Type. I think the title of this book says it all. This is The Secret to Unlocking Happiness. Welcome, Dr. Aben. Hi, Robin. Such a joy to be with you. It makes me happy. Oh, gosh. Bless your heart. You know what? It always makes me happy when you're here or when you're just around, when you're on the Dr. Phil show. I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm in the audience. I'm listening to everything you and Philip say every second. And I love hearing you open your mouth and just give us your brilliance. Thank you. You're welcome. And so I thank you. It's just truly an honor that you're here. I love that your beautiful wife is sitting here in the room with us. Me too. So you happier. What inspired you to write on this very specific topic? So Americans are the unhappiest they have been since the Great Depression. If you think of the pandemic, the political divide, the societal unrest, we were at epidemic levels of anxiety, depression, suicide before the pandemic. And from February of 2020 to August of 2020, depression tripled. And I have 10 clinics around the country. We see thousands of patients every month. I've never seen this shift towards suicidal behavior, more addiction, more domestic violence. Uh, And I was just horrified. And I thought, well, if I'm going to spend six months writing about something, Uh (laughs) what do Uh I want to write about? Because early in the pandemic, I lost my dad. And that was terrifying, horrifying. And then I had to close my clinic in Manhattan for a couple of weeks because of the pandemic. And I just saw the anxiety, the stress, the fear. And yet, there's a neuroscience to happiness. And there's a lot of books on happiness, but they don't talk about the brain and happiness because your brain is the organ of happiness. And while I was preparing for the book, one of the comments, I 
start in the introduction, happiness is a moral obligation. And I guarantee you, when I was growing up, that concept was nowhere to be found, right? It's like happiness is frivolous. Happiness is not something you should seek. But just think about it. If you're raised by an unhappy mother or married to an unhappy spouse, I guarantee you those people would say happiness is an ethical issue because of how we impact others. And I'm not talking about hedonism because hedonism is the enemy of happiness because it wears out your pleasure centers and pretty soon you feel flat and you feel sad. So how can we drip happiness in your life on a regular basis every day? Wow. Okay, listeners, hang on. With that very first question, I warned you, here comes the brilliance. (laughs) What are the physical health benefits of having a happier mindset? Well, it's amazing. People who are happier live longer. They have fewer headaches. They have fewer aches and pains overall. There's this huge connection in the brain between mood and pain. So they have less pain symptoms. Um, their energy is better, their memory is better, they're less likely to get Alzheimer's Mm. disease. Actually, depression doubles Alzheimer's disease in women and quadruples it in men. We actually think it's a prodrome or can predict cognitive problems later in, in life. So there's serious reasons to get happy. Yeah. There are probably a lot of people out there that don't realize how unhappy they actually are. Is that true? It's absolutely true. But if you ask their children or if you ask their spouse or if you ask their parents, they're going to like, oh, this negativity. And negativity is so common now because during the pandemic, we felt like we had to watch the news to stay up on it. But the news is actually no longer the news. Um, The news is meant for advertisers. And if they can scare you, if news media corporations can scare you and make you feel awful, you'll come back. And so um, people who start the day with the news are 27 percent less happy Mm -hmm. that afternoon. You know, when I get on a news site, if I read even two, maybe three really negative heavy, sad stories in a row. I click off. I'm like, nope, I am not going there. I'm not doing that to myself. I refuse to read even two or three stories that make me sad. Which is the sign of intelligent life. Because where you bring your attention always determines how you feel. And so there's an app I like called the Good News Network. Oh. And so I start the day with the Good News Network. And and the stories are inspiring and they're funny and they're fun and, you know, what's new and exciting. Because if you think of all the billions of things that happen on the planet every day, yes. that's not what leads most yes, news. Yes, you're right. You know, the concept, if it bleeds, it leads. And yes. you don't want to fill your mind with that darkness and that negativity yes. because you're going to feel dark and you're going to feel negative. Yes, especially if it has a story has anything to do with children. And man, it's crazy nowadays what they will print, what they will tell us as if we really want to hear it, as if we really want to see or read it. I'm like, nope, 
I can't, I will not allow myself to read that. And so you've just shared a major secret with my listeners about that news site. So Good News Network. Yeah, <gasps> Thank it's a, you. It's a fun app. Oh. And it just makes you smile. And that's, isn't that what we want? Yes. Because how I feel impacts my marriage, how I feel yes. impacts my ability to be a dad or a granddad. Yes. And so I want to be a positive influence rather than a negative yes. one. And it's not that we're choosing to put our head in the sand. It's just we're choosing to influence our brain, ourselves, and our lives, and those around us with a positive outlook and feeling. You know, I often tell people I'm, um, I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of accurate thinking Thank you. with a positive spin. Yes. <laughs> so, I love that. Because uh, I always want to tell myself the truth, yes, right? Because too many people have low levels of anxiety. I, in the book, I talk about you need the right dose of anxiety. So, you know, people with low levels of anxiety actually die early from accidents and preventable illnesses. You know, uh -huh. your brain has to go, you really shouldn't drive down the freeway at 120 miles an hour in right. the rain, right? right. You need right. to have some anxiety or right. this- Not walking down that dark alley. Piece of this cheesecake of <laughs> is really not going to serve your health, right. right? So you need a supervisor in your head because one of the interesting, I did a study for this book on 500 consecutive patients and I gave them the Oxford happiness questionnaire. Uh -huh. And then I scanned them and I looked at, okay, who's happy, who's not, and what's the difference in their brain? And if you have low frontal lobe function, you're much more likely to be unhappy. So all the kids who played soccer and had soccer balls with their head or yep. the people who played football. Phil and I often talk about he played football. Yes. And it's you, you don't want to ever damage what really is the happy side of your brain or the happy part of your brain, which is the front third of it. Oh, I love that. How much of our happiness is based on genetics or situation? So it's about 40% genetic. So mm -hmm. we can inherit it. If you come from happy people, you're more likely to be happy. About 10% of, is that the situation we're in? Mm -hmm. and, and I would argue maybe that's 20% given the pandemic we're just coming out of, hopefully. Right. And, but 40 to 50% is our mindset, our daily habits. So if you start every day with negative news and then you start complaining about it, you're not going to be nearly as happy as if, like, I start every day with today is going to be a great day. Oh, and it's one of the habits in the book. Why? Because it sets my mind up to look for what's right rather than what's wrong. I knew I got to hang out with you today. And yeah. actually the whole day I get to hang out with my wife. Yeah. That makes me incredibly happy. And I end every day with what went well today. <sighs> and it's like a treasure hunt in my head every night, just looking at what went well today. And it sets your dreams up to actually be more positive. So we have a lot more control over our happiness than we might think. We have a lot of control and it has to do. And in the book, I talk about the seven neuroscience secrets of happiness. And if I can just get people to do these seven simple things, it'll make a radical difference. In fact, we did a 
30-day happiness challenge based uh-huh, on the book. Uh-huh. Had 32,000 people sign up, gave them the Oxford happiness questionnaire to start, and then we gave it to them at the end. Uh-huh. 32% increase <gasps> in happiness. Plus their energy was up 30% and their memory <gasps> was up. Because as you asked, you know, well, what goes with happiness? Yes. It's like energy and memory and, and memory. cognitive ability. That is so important. And trust me, I, I, I turned 68 in December. And as you get older, we need to know what it is that helps us with our memory. Well, and half the people, I mean, you and I are the same age, half the people who live to 85 will be diagnosed with dementia. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not either. I'm, I'm not, not either. okay. Because I don't want to be a burden. And exactly. I don't want to live with my children. Love them. Don't yeah. want to live. Don't with want to them. live with them. I don't want them looking at me like, oh my gosh! I told her ten times to get up and go do this and go to like, you know, like I'm the child. I don't want that. I don't want that. But and it is something we all need to think about as we get older. Our brain. Okay. So now I have to tell you, I absolutely loved your take on the lies of happiness. There were over 10 in the book, but can you name a couple for the listeners? I would love to start with the don't worry, be happy lie. Well, I love Bobby McFerrin's song. Yes, And he got a Grammy for it. Yes. And it's totally a lie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's people with low levels of anxiety die early. And you need some anxiety so you do the right thing. People who are the unhappiest, it's because they didn't have enough anxiety and then they're filing for bankruptcy. Or they had an affair and they're getting divorced and losing half their net worth and visiting their children on the weekend. I mean, that those impulsive things, because they had low levels of anxiety, drive depression and anger and fear and regret. Regret. And so I want you to worry a little bit, right? I mean, we just said, if you live to 85, you have a 50% chance of getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. We're in a war for the health of our brain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wrote a book with Tana called The Brain Warrior's Way because you need to be armed. You need to be prepared And you're happier when you are. Yes. This is so brilliant. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Now, we have two things we do with every podcast, and one is the drink of the day. I think right now is a good time for us to do our drink of the day with you. Our drink today is called the Smart Chocolate Milk. 
Dr. Amen, for this drink, I took your famous hot cocoa recipe and put my own spin on it. This is a delicious chilled chocolate milk recipe that will keep your brain happy and healthy. It has eight ounces of chilled unsweetened almond milk, two teaspoons of unsweetened cocoa powder, one half dropper of chocolate stevia, one teaspoon of Brain MD Smart Mushroom Powder. And Dr. Ahmed, I'm going to have you explain this supplement to the listeners after I finish this recipe. Just combine all ingredients by using a whisk or a blender and serve cold or over ice. This treat is only 90 calories with zero grams of sugar, and it's just delicious. Cheers. So can you explain to the listeners about that? Well, every night for my family, I make brain-healthy hot chocolate. And it's like, okay, who's up for it? And it's that recipe. And everybody loves it. And it loves us back. So secret number four is only love food that loves you back. It's like we're in a relationship with food. And I know I'm going to love this. Yes. And it will love me because dark chocolate is a superfood. I mean, Mm -hmm. raw cacao is a superfood. It increases blood flow to the brain. It can enhance your energy, can enhance your memory. It boosts your mood. It's a little bit of an aphrodisiac. So actually, don't tell my wife that. That's my little secret She's, sauce. We just served her one as well. So <laughs> cheers. 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 Oh, that's Ooh. so good. And smart that's mushrooms. So people don't understand that mushrooms... Now, we're not talking about magic mushrooms. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, smart mushrooms, what BrainMD makes, has lion's mane in it, which has been shown to have mood-enhancing effects and cognitive enhancing effects. Plus it has cordyceps, which increases energy and reishi and turkey tail, which help boost your immune system, which all of us need in the middle of a pandemic. And it's so simple. (gasps) And I often also put it in the shake I make Uh for Tana every morning. She has me so well-trained. I make her (laughs) cappuccino for her in the morning. I make the shake. (laughs) I make the hot chocolate. But I mean, it's just like, this is how I say I love you. And 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 she loves you back. (laughs) It's food you love that loves you back for someone I love who loves me back. I love this. So there's a lot of happiness in that sentence. Yes. So for all of you listeners, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you'll see this recipe. And of course, you'll see a photo of the drink, Mm. but you get to learn about all of the good parts of this drink and how you can love it and it will love you back. I love this. Thank you. So what are some other lies of happiness? Open happiness. So there's all these slogans from Uh fast food companies or Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola open Uh happiness. Uh It's a lie. It's open illness. It opens diabetes, Mm -hmm. open obesity, open depression because sugar is pro-inflammatory. Yes. Another lie is you need more. I mean, the more is probably the biggest lie. 
of happiness. I just finished listening to Will Smith's book, and it was really great. I loved it. And he talked about how he got depressed after he got famous, because once you have more, you need more, and then you need more, and then you need more. And I explained that in the book because you end up wearing out your pleasure centers Mm. in the brain that are driven by the neurotransmitter dopamine. And the more you push on them, the more they need in order to feel good. So it takes more and more to feel anything at all. And so I talk about dripping dopamine, not dumping dopamine. So... You know, if you wrote a New York Times bestseller and I have a bunch of them, well, if the next book isn't, well, then you sort of get depressed. It's like, well, now I need a number one New York Times bestseller. Now I need a Polar Surprise and now I need. And so you're always off balance, always unhappy because you're trying to dump dopamine as opposed to in the book, I talk about dripping it. And it's like when I look in Tana's eyes. It's a little drip of dopamine because oh, it makes me happy. I or I hold Haven's hand. Haven is my three-year-old granddaughter. Oh. Or we like to, when the weather's good, to have our cappuccino in the morning outside and we see the hummingbirds and or the butterflies or the smell of the gardenias that are outside our door. It's like notice the micro moments yes. of happiness. You know, what's the smallest thing that happened today? that made me happy and really begin to catalog those and pay attention because where you bring your attention determines how you feel. That is so profound, really. What are some different areas of our life that we can look for the micro moments of happiness? So in the book, I talk about the four big circles Mm -hmm. of life. You know, whenever I see a new patient, I never think of them as, oh, here's their diagnosis. They have a panic disorder. They're depressed. They have bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. I don't, I'm like, let's look at your biology. So there's a biological circle. So for me, a micro moment might be taking a sauna. I just love that. It makes me feel great. Or eating something or drinking something that tastes amazing. So that's a biological moment of happiness. And then there's the psychological circle. It's how I think, my development. And so many people look back at their past with regret and they completely miss all the amazing, cool things that happened. And so... In that, I have a new technique in this book that I just love called Give Your Mind a Name. So it's based on um, secret number five, master your mind and gain psychological distance from the noise in your head. Well, I named my mind after my pet raccoon when I was 16. I actually had a pet raccoon and I loved her, but she was a troublemaker. (laughs) And that's just like my mind. It'll like hold up signs like you're an idiot or you're a fool or you failed or whatever. Uh And just knowing I am not my mind. And now I have this great relationship with the raccoon in my head. And, you know, I'm like always checking in with her to see, you know, how are we doing? Are we doing okay? Are you calm? Are you loving? Are you have everything you need? And then looking at the micro moments in the social circle, what could be just holding my wife's hand? Uh That's a micro moment or getting to wake up with her every day Uh or 
you know, going on a walk with her. You know, uh-huh. what are the little things I do I love? And the spiritual circle is the last circle. So why do I care? You know, uh-huh. what is my deepest sense of meaning and purpose? And I'm trying to change psychiatry. And we have all these great wins. And so, yes, I've had lots of people criticize me. Uh-huh. But if I focus on that, I'm going to feel terrible. Uh-huh. But if I focus on the cool things that have happened, um, yes. like we've had 10,000 medical and mental health professionals refer people to us. I love it. I just changed everybody in their practice. And so it's focusing on what's right, even the little things, especially the little things. I love this. That's why I love this book so much. I tell everyone, I loved every one of your books. I can't pick a favorite. It's like each one that comes out, oh, this may be my favorite. Now I'm sitting here holding you happier and Maybe this is my favorite because I love this book because the bottom line is when you're happy, life is just better for you and for everyone around you. For everybody you touch. Everyone you touch, especially those you love. So what it really gets down to is mindfulness, not just going through your days with your head down. It's mindfulness, correct? It's being aware. So I think of it like hardware, software, network connections and purpose. So if I have to like boil it down is one, get your brain right. Because if your brain's not healthy, you're not going to be happy. Right. And, and then we haven't talked yet about brain types mm-hmm. that happiness is different for people that for the balanced person, almost anything can make them happy for the spontaneous person. They need novelty. You you know, if if they love surprises and I have one of my daughters loves surprises, another one of my daughters hates surprises. She's the persistent brain type and she just loves ritual, loves routine, loves it when things are the same. And then there's the sensitive type, the crave relationships and connection. They're deeply empathic. And then the cautious type, they crave safety. So if you go, oh, because some happiness books goes, people need novelty. Right. If you're type two, you need novelty. If you're type five, you hate novelty. Like jumping out of an airplane, twos, love it. Um, Like you... um, met Gary Busey with me, yes, one of my patients, yes. loved jumping out of airplanes. And if you saw his brain, you'd understand yes. why. Um, other that people would be, no, 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 we're not doing that. Yes. I'd be horrified no, to no, do No, I'm the cautious brain, I guess, because no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. And so it's knowing your type, really, you'll know what makes you happy and not. And stop trying to be like everybody else. And then physical functioning of your brain. So both of those, I think, of hardware of happiness. Uh Well, the software of happiness is mindfulness and your brain and intention and learning how to kill the ants, not believe every stupid thing you think. So I call automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and ruin your day. You need to have an anteater. Um, you you need, you know, I give almost all of my patients a little stuffed anteater because I want them and I teach them strategies to not believe the nonsense that just runs around in their head that may have in fact been gifted to them from another generation. 
Because what we're learning through this thing called epigenetics is that what happens to your mom or your grandma or your uh -huh. grandpa gets written in their genetic code and all of a sudden you're afraid and you'd have no idea why you're afraid yes. and it's actually not yours, it's theirs. I just evaluated someone who her mother got pregnant with her when she was going through a murder trial of one of her best friend who got murdered. And so my patient had always been anxious and she has no idea why, but she was bathed in anxiety yes. chemicals as her mother got pregnant and then um, nurtured her, yes. developed her. And nobody's thinking about this anxiety might not be yours. And so learning how to question and reprogram your mind, so helpful. And then, so hardware, software, network connections. It's when your relationships are right, you're happier. And wow. you are powerful. If you notice what you like about other people, you shape them to become like what you want them to be. If you oh. notice what you don't like, you shape them in the wrong way. And so I talk in the book about why I collect penguins. I have like over a thousand penguins. It's a little weird. Uh, penguins, dolls, pencils, ties. Um, because I went to a show at Sea Life Park in Hawaii with my son when he was seven. And it was the penguin show. His name was Fat Freddy. And he could do all these amazing things. And my son was hard for me. So I went up to the trainer afterwards. I said, how'd you get Freddy to do all these cool things? She said, unlike parents. Whenever Freddie does anything like what I want him to do, I notice him. I give him a hug and I give him a fish. And the light went on in my head that even though my son didn't like raw fish, that whenever he did what I wanted him to do, I didn't pay any attention to him because I was like my dad and I was busy. But when he didn't do what I wanted him to do, I gave him a ton of attention because I didn't want to raise bad children. So yeah. I was inadvertently teaching him to be bad to get my attention. Oh. And so I collect penguins as a way to notice what I like about the people in my life more than what I don't like. So you are reinforcing positive behaviors in others or negative. And I guarantee you with my wife, when I notice what I like, when I praise her, when I'm positive, uh -huh. she's so much happier. Oh, well, yeah. And, and I know exactly how to get her to scream at me. And I just choose not to do that. Exactly. Because like, I will be unhappy if exactly. I do that. <laughs> Philip and I had that same conversation basically before we got married. He's like, okay, here's what I don't like. And here's what I do like. You know, here's what will push my buttons to upset me. And here's what would really make me happy. So, like, I know what will push his buttons. And we should always I not to do that. be learning. Like when we make a mistake or when things don't go the right way, it's like, help me understand. And yeah. be quick to say sorry. Yeah. It's like, that was not my intention. Help me understand so I don't do it again. But too often, people get rigid. And it's like, no, I'm not going to say sorry you took that the wrong way. Yeah. And yeah. my friend Byron Katie says the first act of war is defense. So when you get defensive, all of a sudden you're not communicating. Yeah. And I am a firm believer in when someone says, I'm sorry, accept it. 
accept it because the first time someone says, I'm sorry, you're like, I don't think you mean it. That is the worst thing you could say. <laughs> Which is mind reading. And, you know, yeah. I have 25 years of education and I can't read anybody's mind. A negative look from someone yeah. else may mean nothing more than they're constipated. You don't know. <laughs> so it's true. So believe, believe them. <laughs> yes, believe them. <laughs> Accept it. Believe them. Because, you know, you, you, when you were just saying about the uh, patient that you have that's, that when her mother was pregnant with her, she was going through her best friend's murder trial. And so therefore she's grown up anxious with anxiety and not knowing why. It a light bulb just went off. It it validated a decision I made growing up because I grew up with an alcoholic father. Mm. And thankfully he was the nice kind of alcoholic as opposed to Philip's father. Also, he also grew up with an alcoholic father, and he was kind of the loud, obnoxious alcoholic when he would drink around his family, around Philip and his sisters and mother, and he'd be obnoxious and belligerent, whereas my father would leave to go play golf and not come home for a couple of days because he was drinking. So he'd go on a binge, not come around us because he didn't want us to see him drinking, which had just as bad an effect on us as Philip's father because lived a life of uncertainty, like when's he going to come home? Oh, we didn't hear the car drive up. So we're like, oh, this is it. Starting it actually another changes your nervous system. Yeah. So like, it heightens your nervous system to begin to always watch for bad things. Yes. Yeah. Is today the day it comes up? Right. When's it going to end? And it's that uncertainty. The uncertainty. Every, I lived every day of my life with uncertainty. So growing up, I can remember when I was probably 12, 13 years old, I thought, okay, when I get married, I will not marry a man who drinks alcohol and I will not raise my children in a home with an alcoholic. I made that decision and... I, when I met Philip, it was probably our second date. I said, do you drink alcohol? <laughs> he said, I think I'm allergic to it. I was, I think I love you. He's never had a drink. Wow. In the 50, almost 50 years I've known him, he's never had a drink. Like, I love that about him. Me because too. Because I am not me a too. fan of alcohol me at too. all. So um, he, yeah, I married you. I believe that's one reason I fell in love with him. I had already fallen in love. I have to, I have to say that. But... I really did make that decision. My children would not grow up in a home with an alcoholic because of the way I grew up. So I'm so and happy really that I made that it? decision. And you made that decision. A lot of people have amnesia for what happened to them, and then they repeat it. And people who are listening, if you have alcohol in your family, when your children are about 12, you need to tell them. It's like... Because um, my first wife grew up in a very abusive alcoholic home. And when I was a psychiatric resident, I studied children and grandchildren of alcoholics. Because it's like, well, I have grandchildren of alcoholics I'm yeah. raising. And it's very important to tell the children, when they're about 12, it's, we have a family history of alcoholism. If you never drink, mm -hmm. you're never going to have a problem. Yeah. If you drink, it's like playing Russian roulette uh -huh. and you may have a big problem, mm -hmm. which is going to go with unhappiness Yes. because alcoholism, as you know, uh, in your soul, mm -hmm. you, you know, mm -hmm. this can cause unhappiness yes. and anxiety and people to always be watching for that bad thing to happen. Yes. Well, and we did, we had that visit with both of our boys because we told them it's in both sides of your family, both of your grandfathers. So we always made them very aware that it's a genetic predisposed to that. So be very aware. 
Okay. So you went through the primary brain types. How can you figure out your specific brain type? So we, we have a website where people can take our brain health assessment okay. and know about the health of your brain, but also which type you have. Brainhealthassessment.com. But what's better is get the book. In yes. fact, if people go to youhappier.com, they can get the book and four free gifts. Tana has a brand new cookbook called oh. You Happier. I'm so excited. Oh. Uh, I love her and love her food. Yes. There's the 30-day happiness challenge I'm bent, so people can get that for free, a workbook that goes with it. But my favorite gift is we'll also give them a bottle of happy saffron. Oh, I love happy saffron. Secret number three is you have to supplement your brain. And I go through the science of supplements and mood enhancement. And my favorite supplement is happy saffron. It has saffron, zinc, and curcumins. And saffron has been found in 24 randomized controlled trials to be as effective as antidepressants to boost your mood. But it doesn't have the side effects of decreasing your libido. Oh. And so it improves sexual function, improves memory, and mood. And so if they pre-order or order the book, they'll get a bottle of Happy Saffron. Oh, what a plus. What a bonus. The cookbook is amazing. You married way over your head. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> She's amazing. She's an amazing woman and beautiful woman and really, truly such an asset to you because everything, every time she post anything on her Instagram page. I'm just mesmerized by I love I love everything she does. And the cookbook, I can't wait to get the cookbook. I haven't seen the cookbook yet, so I can't wait to get that. But uh, these gifts are such a bonus to the book. Right. Well, we need more happiness yes, in our we society. Do. So I'm like, how can I get this book out to as many people as possible? <gasps> and so I nudge them with those free gifts. Wow. The happy saffron is very, very good. I, I ordered that the last time you were on the podcast, I started Philip and I both on the happy saffron. We absolutely love it. We just love it. So while on the topic, can you speak to how our diet affects our happiness? So much. The standard American diet is causing depression and inflammation and unhappiness. Um, and you have to ask yourself, the U.S. has 4% of the world's population, yet it has 15% of the world's deaths from COVID. Oh. It's like, why is that? It's because we're sick as a society. And we know people who are overweight, 72% of the U.S. population is overweight. 42% is obese. And if you're overweight, that increases inflammation and increases risk of death from COVID. Uh, if you're diabetic, increases the risk of death. But did you know? I mean, this is just so horrifying. 50% of the American population is diabetic or pre-diabetic. So 14% of Americans are diabetic. 36% of Americans are pre-diabetic. That's a disaster. Yes. And so the standard American diet, think sad, standard American diet, is killing our mm -hmm. happiness. And when you think of happy meals, that's another lie yep. of happiness. Cool. It's like they're not happy meals. They're depression meals yes. because they're made with cheap oils and lots of sugar and high glycemic, low fiber foods. And it's, it's like, no, no, no. 
we can, by what we eat, dramatically increase our happiness. And so every morning I make Tana a brain healthy shake. It's amazing. It's got plant protein powder and a cup of strawberries and lots of just great nutrients and fiber and vegetables. And uh, (gasps) we make something called Neurogreens. So I put the smart mushrooms and the Neurogreens, Neuro-C, which has liposomal vitamin C in it. And it just, it tastes amazing. And it's all, it's less than 300 calories. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. And we start the day with that. And then as there's a linear correlation with happiness with eating fruits and vegetables. So the more you can get, especially colorful ones, the happier you are up to eight servings a day. So if you eat eight servings of fruits and vegetables, you're happier than if you ate six. And if you ate six, you're happier than those people ate four. And if you ate four, you're happier than those people that ate two. And so the more you can get, the happier you're going to be. And then there's certain spices like saffron or cinnamon or um, rosemary, oregano, uh, garlic that can also boost your mood. So food is medicine or it's poison. And, you know, we have the new cookbook. My favorite of all cookbooks, Tana wrote is the Brain Warrior's Way cookbook. And so many of my patients, I'll tell you a story. I like to put my patients on an elimination diet. If you're struggling with your mental health, Mm -hmm. let's clean up your diet. Mm -hmm. And so I want to eliminate gluten, dairy, corn, soy, artificial dyes and sweeteners. Let's just do that for a month. And I had this guy who had severe depression, 30 years, multiple meds failed, three courses of electroshock therapy, and he did it. And he felt better within three weeks. And I'm like, okay. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Let's add back gluten. Nothing happened. And you have when you add something back, add it back for a week. Yeah. Because it takes a while to see if you're sensitive or not. Added back dairy. Nothing happened. Added back corn. He said within 20 minutes, he had a vision of a gun in his mouth pulling the trigger. No. Like, you need to break up with corn. Because corn is a very unhealthy grain. People think of corn as a vegetable. It's not a vegetable. It's a grain. And it has a very unhealthy um, amino acid profile. And a lot of people are sensitive to it. Yeah, and I can't eat corn. corn. I don't eat it. corn is in 80% of processed food. Corn fiber, corn oil. And it's like, just do it for a month. Get rid of the potential allergens in your diet and see. Oh, my God. And I think Tana and I, because Tana had taught a 12-week course at the clinic, the stories we get from people who just get their food right, uh-huh. stunning. They're, they're like better than many of the psychiatrists I, who are working. I can't believe it, but Tana's here, and I want to ask her a quick question. When you describe that shake you make every morning— so you make one every morning for her. It's breakfast. It's every breakfast morning. every After morning. we've gone about 15, 16 hours from our last meal. Yeah. So we like intermittent fasting. Yes. I think okay. if you're really smart, you can age 
backwards. Oh, that's interesting because right? I do. I have and this written here. And we get to our age, we question. sort of like aging backwards. Okay, so right. explain intermittent fasting. So Good. intermittent fasting is every day or the days you choose to do it is stop eating about six or seven at night uh-huh. and then don't eat again until 10 or 11 the next morning. The first benefit of it, it completely gets rid of nighttime snacking. Okay, yes. And when you go that long between meals, there's a process that happens in your body called autophagy. And autophagy means your body can begin to clean up the trash that it created the day before. And if you do that, you're less likely to get Alzheimer's disease because your brain is cleaning up those sticky, gooey proteins Uh that are involved in creating dementia. And you lose weight, your blood pressure is better, your blood sugar is better. Now, there are different forms of intermittent fasting. Some people go, I'm just gonna take an eight hour period of the day and I'm gonna eat between those hours. Mm-hmm. Some people are actually more rigid and only eat between four hours a day. Oh. I just think to keep yeah. it simple is after dinner, wait until yes. about 16 hours later. And that's when typically I'll make her the shake. Yeah. And my mind, my body could not only eat for four hours a day in a four hour period. I, I, can't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Right. I have to eat but here more. we, you know, so we start eating at 10 or 11, generally done by six or seven. And we know it helps us age backwards. Wow, and that's so- sort of a cool goal if you love life. Right. If you don't love life, then, you know, that's a different discussion. It's obvious you both love life. So, Teddy, you drink that 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And how long does it sustain you? So it's interesting. Um, We often have our half-calf, the latte that he makes me. It's my recipe, but I've trained him so well. So he makes (laughs) that for me first, (laughs) then we'll have the the smoothie. And what I do, um, because I I actually am pretty athletic, so I will often add some healthy fat to mine. Yeah. Um, and that will sustain me a lot longer. Like so what's the healthy me. fat? So something I'll either add like coconut butter or some almond butter, something like that to it. Or MCT or oil. Or MCT oil. MCT oh, oil. MCT oil. So MCT See, oil I, I put I in so my coffee. That. I believe that. So I use, so for our latte, it's the unsweetened almond milk, half calf coffee, and then I'll use some MCT oil. And so that's I one of my favorite things. Um, so right before I go to the gym or I go to Pilates or I'm doing whatever I do, uh-huh. um, and then we'll have the smoothie. And that's enough for me for several hours because that's, Perfect. you know, now I've had enough calories. But Great. for me, I have to have that fat. Yes. Before, I would have to, too. Yeah. I would have to as well. I don't actually do smoothies because of that. Right. And I, I can't have a lot of uh, whey. I don't do no, much I don't, whey. No, I don't either. Okay, good. Oh, I'll send you some of our protein, no, our protein powder. powders. So plant protein. Pro- it's I, I all organic. Yes, There's I no sugar. It for that reason. You have to be very <laughs> careful with protein powders. Yes. yes. And and what I always say is read the label. And Wonderful. if you don't understand what it says, don't buy it. Good. I have such a sensitive digestive system. I Me it. too, which is why I wrote these books and I'm super picky. Yes. And so I held up the process of coming out with this powder for so long because of that. Yes. So oh, it's um, it's very clean. News. Yeah. And so then you'll have midday or 
early afternoon, you'll have your lunch. Right. Then you'll have an early dinner, mm-hmm. maybe a snack in the afternoon, and then you're done for the day. And, and I eat quite a bit during the day. So uh, let's so do I. <laughs> let's Good. be clear. Good. <laughs> we do the intermittent snacking, uh, intermittent snacking, intermittent fasting. But for me, because of how active I am during uh-huh. the day, I, I actually eat quite a bit during the day. Good. So, well, and it depends on your metabolism. Right. Like yes. I come from a family of fat people. My dad used to hate when I said that, but it's true. And I need to really be smart Uh by how many calories I eat. And, you know, a lot of people go, calories don't matter. That's insanity. Of course they do. And so, but I'm a value spender. Like, even though I have plenty of money, I like, don't like the lights on at home if they don't need to be. It's like, come on, let's be a good steward. But let's be a value spender for our calories. Yeah. Like some drinks at Starbucks are 700 so, calories. Oh, yeah. I, and I, if I you can, have do those. 1,800 calories a day budget, it's like you just blew it. Like that was uh, amazing. Something. That was but, amazing. But this is 90 oh, calories. And it's going to give you energy. Yes, and it loves energy. me. Yes. And I love yes. it. Yes. Well, and and what see, I, I have a speedy say, metabolism. I, yeah, me too. I, me too. I have a, and I, so, you know, I hear all the time, oh, eat it. You're, eat a cheeseburger. You need to eat a cheese. Well, I actually eat like two or three sometimes. <laughs> I, I eat a lot during the day, just like you. I eat a lot during yeah, the day. Because I get tired otherwise. Yes. Yes. Um, I need the energy. So I love what he said about calories, but. When you eat really clean calories, you do get to eat more yes. than if you're eating really lousy calories because you're not spiking your insulin all day long. I love that. So, and when you spike your blood sugar all day long, that's going to make you unhappy because you're going to be tired. So we so, have that drop. We talk about the weapons of mass destruction, which are highly processed, pesticide sprayed, high glycemic, which means they raise your blood sugar, low fiber food-like substances stored in plastic containers. That's a prescription for depression. So if you want to be happy, colorful fruits and vegetables, and the more water in the fruits and vegetables, the better, because your brain is 80% water, you know, healthy protein and fat, because 60% of the solid weight of your brain is fat. One interesting thing people don't know is we know high cholesterol is bad for us. People don't know low cholesterol is a disaster for us. There's actually a huge connection between low cholesterol and suicide, low cholesterol and homicide, low cholesterol and depression. Really? One, One of my favorite Patients talked about this publicly. Miley Cyrus, who I adore, her cholesterol when I first met her was just always low. And she said, I don't have the fat in my body that makes hormones that helps me manage the stress of her very busy life. And so fixing your cholesterol, right? It's too high. You don't want that. But so many people go on statins and statins increase depression. Why? Because they lower cholesterol too much. And so you want, like many things, a good balance. Yes. I have a pretty high cholesterol, but my bad cholesterol is low. My good cholesterol is higher. So it evens out. And and people who have an average of 225 uh, total cholesterol, they have better cognitive function the rest of their lives. So don't let your doctor just plummet it and think and celebrate. I have a great doctor though. It's fairly high, but it's in a good way. So I would never put you on a statin. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. If someone listening feels overwhelmed with life, what do you think is the number one first step they should take to becoming happier? Well, we haven't talked yet about secret number seven, which is live each day based on clearly defined values, purpose, and goals. So I think the first step is know what you want in those four circles. So know what you want for your brain and your body. Know what you want for your relationships. Know what you want for your mind and your deepest sense of purpose. And the question, each of these secrets have a question, and the question is, does it fit? So know what you want with Tana. I want a kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship. Always, always want that. Mm -hmm. Don't always feel like that, right? But I always want it. So I'm always asking myself, well, does my behavior fit? Does it fit? I don't have any tattoos, but if I got a tattoo, that'd be the first one. Does (laughs) it fit? And, you know, does, do my words, do my actions, do my intentions fit my goals? Yeah. And so if I want to have a really healthy brain when I'm 85, okay, well, does this drink fit? And the answer is yes, this drink fits. Um, Does a chocolate shake from McDonald's fit? No, absolutely doesn't fit, right? And it's not that I shouldn't do it, right? Whenever you say you shouldn't do it, you want to do it. It's just how we're wired. It's, oh, it doesn't fit. And Drew Carey actually said it best. The comedian who lost a lot of weight and kept it off, he said, eating crappy food isn't a reward. Yes. It's a punishment. And 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 when I heard him say that, I went, oh, he's going to stay healthy because it's the mindset because the one secret is when you do the right thing, celebrate yourself. Don't feel deprived. The people who don't get well, it's they feel deprived when they do the right thing. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And he has stayed healthy. That's wonderful. So please tell us again when and where to buy this life-changing new book of yours. So it comes out March 1st, so excited, Ooh. and um, it'll be available anywhere great books are sold. Yay. But if they go to youhappier.com um, and submit their receipt for the book, we'll give them those free gifts. A bottle it. of Happy Saffron, Tana's new cookbook, the 30-Day <gasps> Happiness Challenge, and the workbook. I love it. They're so lucky. All of you listeners out there, did you hear that? Youhappier.com, submit your receipt for buying the book and you get those four amazing bonus gifts. So, all right, Dr. Ava, the last time you were here, I put your brain to the test with a challenging memory game because you know we play a game on every podcast. And I have to say, you blew me away with how well you did. So we're playing this again. What do you think about that? I'm happy. (laughs) I love it. And I'm making it harder this time. (laughs) I'm going to read a story for all of you listeners out there who maybe didn't hear the last game. I'm going to read a story with lots of detail, some relevant and some not so relevant. At the end, I'm going to quiz you on the very specific parts of the story to see how much you remember. Okay, so are you ready? Ready. 
Robin and Dr. Amon's tour of Los Angeles. At 2.15 on Wednesday, after enjoying a delicious meal, chicken Caesar salad, no peppers or tomatoes, and extra parm at the Tower Hotel in West Hollywood, Robin and Dr. Amon decided to play tourist for the day. The two piled into Dr. Amon's royal blue Volkswagen convertible with bright red interior, and Dr. Amon put the gold key in the ignition. Hollywood, here we come, he said. Their first stop was going to see the 2,600 88th star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood, Dr. Phil's. After reaching 6201 Hollywood Boulevard, Robin pulled out her iPhone 11 with a pink and red case and took a photo of Dr. Amon posing with a closed smile and his hands in the pockets of his round corduroy pants. Robin had to retake the photo four times because photo bombers kept crashing it. First, a man dressed in a Spider-Man suit, then a Marilyn Monroe person impersonator, and then a breakdancer. Their next stop was going to see the iconic Beverly Hills sign. As Robin put on an extra layer of SPF 50, Dr. Amon asked her to put on some calming driving music. Robin started turning the radio dial, first to 88.5, then to 93.1, and then 97.7. Robin couldn't make up her mind. And just then, she turned to 102.5, where they were playing her favorite song, Robin noticed the time. Oh, no, she said. I don't think we'll be able to make it to Malibu by 5.30 p.m. if we stop in Beverly Hills. You're right, Dr. Amon said. Dr. Amon pulled onto the freeway. He turned to Robin and said, hold on to your hats. Then he revved the car up and hit the gas. They pulled up to the beach, now playing 80s music with three minutes to spare. The pair got out of the car and walked down to the water. With their toes in the sand, Robin and Dr. Amon turned to one another and said, in sync, best day ever. Best day ever. Okay, so now question number one. What type of cheese was on Dr. Amon and Robin's salads? Parmesan cheese. Yes. What color car was Dr. Amon driving? Red. No, royal blue. Oh, royal blue with the red interior. <laughs> what is the address Ooh, of Dr. Phil's star? Oh. Uh... I don't know. 6201 Hollywood Boulevard. That's so hard. I'm sorry. What iPhone version does Robin have? 11. Yes. Which three street performers photobombed Dr. Amon's photo? Spider-Man, Marilyn Monroe impersonator, and a breakdancer. Yes. Very good. Which radio station did Robin decide on? 102.5. Oh, my gosh, yes. What color was Robin's lipstick? Red. Trick question. It did not mention my color of lipstick. Oh <laughs> Which city did Dr. Amon and Robin go to, to go to watch the sunset? Malibu. Of course. What time did they arrive in Malibu? 515. 5.27. Well, we were late. We were late. <laughs> I just knew the story would have Tana waiting there for us <laughs> with a shake, with a drink. <laughs> okay, that brings us, sadly, sadly, that brings us to the end of our episode. Before we wrap, though, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. Do you have one major secret you've learned that you'd like to share with our listeners? 
You know, I think one of the most powerful ones I learned from my friend Byron Katie, argue with reality, welcome to hell. That if you argue with what is, you're going to suffer. Now, it doesn't mean you don't try and change it. And we adopted our two nieces mm -hmm. uh, and um, I go around the house and I just say things and I hope they respond appropriately. <laughs> and I'll like go, who survives a pandemic? And they'll go, people who are flexible. Oh. And so learning to do what you can do and shift when you need to shift is essential for happiness, especially coming out of such a stressful time for all of us. Oh, that's beautiful. And I love that they play along and they have answers for everything. And what a gift you are, both of you, to them, to be able to live in the same home with the two of you. I think that's beautiful. How wonderful. So now please tell the listeners how to find you and your fabulous book and Amon Clinics online. So Amon Clinics, and go to Amon, like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com. Uh, we just opened our 10th clinic in Hollywood, Florida. Very excited about that. Wow. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at doc underscore Amon or on TikTok. They can find Tana on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and we love our community and what makes us happy is to be of service to them. It's obvious. I love it when I scroll because I follow both of you on all of the social media platforms and I love it when I pull up and there you are sitting there visiting both of you and so in love with you, Happier. I love this book. Again, I always say every book you write is my favorite, but I'm saying it again. This one is my favorite. So Secret Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for blogs, recipes, behind-the-scenes photos, and more. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.